0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Here we are on Thanksgiving Eve. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me as we get ready to talk some sports, talk some football with my buddy Ryan Souls. We break down the NFL. Only five weeks left in the season. The Ravens are looking invincible. The Rams are looking broken. Patriots Niners still with just one loss on their resume. Seahawks continue to win. We break all that down. Could my Browns make a playoff push or his Eagles in trouble? What do we make about the Cowboys and the future of Jason Garrett and his club? All that and more in my discussion with Ryan Souls. We take a sneak peek at the 2020 semifinal list for the Hall of Fame class. Going to Canton in NFL history, see who made the cut. Talk a little college football rivalry week with Ohio State-Michigan coming up, as well as the Iron Bowl and many, many other games. And some early NBA season thoughts as well. It's Ryan Souls now on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now on the Money Mitch effect. A couple days before Thanksgiving. Breaking down football and some other things. Ryan Souls calling in from Chicago. Ryan, thanks for joining the show. I to be here. I can't believe it. We got how many games left? Four games? Five games? Five games left. Yeah, games. Still, still a lot to be decided. We're getting into the crunch time. The final quarter of the season coming up. But uh, I'm excited because there's still a lot of uncertainty in both conferences we're going to have to pull teeth to get an AFC playoff team in that last (laughs) wild card spot but it's exciting Uh, it's exciting Ryan across the board and when I say excitement I'm going to start with the guy we started with last time that's Lamar Jackson the Baltimore Ravens because they destroyed the Rams they're on a heater They're, they're still going strong at nine and two now on the season and this is the real legitimate competition for the Patriots not just because they beat them but if you look at the Vegas odds Patriots have been prohibitive favorites in the AFC most of the year with the Chiefs faltering Ravens are neck and neck with them as the favorite in the AFC at least in Vegas odds and it's easy to see why because they have a quarterback that uh, at the moment at least is virtually unstoppable yeah he is 100 percent
1: unstoppable and I don't think um, this is hyperbole when I say he's really a one-of-one because Michael Vick couldn't throw like this on his best day. Yeah,
0: no, he couldn't. And he couldn't create the throws that Jackson made. He had arm strength, but definitely not accuracy at this level. Uh, Here's a stat for you, Ryan. In the last three games, every time Jackson's been at quarterback, they haven't punted.
1: That, that's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: so there you go. Uh, they, uh, they do it with the power running game. We saw Mark Ingram beast. And, and I know, look, the Rams are, are obviously broken uh, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Get to them in a second. But the Ravens are very workmanlike. It's a very solid professional approach because ever since that wacky Browns game that they lost – there's been just the matter of fact, you know, they wear the shirts, no one cares, work harder, and I think that speaks volumes to the team. They're flashy, they're exciting, but they put together some good drives where they're not just going for the deep ball, going for the big home run, ball home run, run by Lamar Jackson. This is a very, very competent professional team.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, and I think this is a a blue-collar team that wears the cape of this flashy team that you were talking about, but they really want to punch you in the mouth, run the football, and then when you make them throw, when you dare Lamar Jackson to be Lamar Jackson, he can stand back there or he can roll out and create. And we see when they get in the red zone, the offense is virtually unstoppable because they literally have three-way goes every play. Lamar can throw, he can keep it, or he can give it to a running back. So for Bill Belichick, Going forward to the Patriots, they've already beat them, and like we talked about, Bill may not have showed all his tricks, but this is going to be tough regardless of what field uh, and conditions they play in, because the defense isn't built to account for the quarterback running like he does usually, and not with his passing ability either.
0: Yeah, I want to give a lot of credit to a bunch of people. Uh, Harbaugh as a coach, as a coach, that staff. Um, Really speaking volumes, too, I know we um, – I'm guilty of it, too, Ryan. We want to see coaches moved. moved we want to see them moved on from from organizations. Mm-hmm. But they went through a rebuilding stage. They stuck with him. He obviously knows what he's doing. And he put together a team along with Greg Roman, offensive coordinator, who might be getting looks at a head coaching job soon, the way this is going. But you know, I think they put together a a good staff, a good game plan. The personnel is great too, because we can talk about Lamar Jackson, but they signed Mark Ingram. They got Hollywood Brown, who can stretch the field. Mark Andrews is a hell of a tight end. Lamar's great, but they put a team around him, and I think that's the the other side of this coin. Defensively, I mean, they got the the cornerback the Rams didn't want, and he's playing pretty good too. A hundred percent,
1: and you know, and I didn't think he was going to play this well at all. I just Thought that he was a um, boomer bust sort of corner, and I thought we had seen the best of his booming days. And you know, obviously that's over. I think it helps when you add Jimmy Smith. So really, you have three number one corners across the field. I mean, you can play nickel. You can yeah. play whatever look you want.
0: Yeah, and I mean he freelanced a lot. Let's just call it what it is with the Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean he did his own thing. The infrastructure is a lot better. I love I love Wade Phillips as a coach, but the personnel, the scheme, whether it's the attitude in LA right now, uh, he fits in better in Baltimore. Uh, and I was just having this talk today. Would you rather have Jalen Ramsey, not you know the altercation notwithstanding, or would you rather have Peters and a first round pick? Because that's what the Ravens have. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's tough, and that's what they have. And I mean, right now, Peters in the first round pick. That can't be a wrong answer.
0: No, no, it can't. Uh, the Rams, man, this is very this this has the potential. I mean, I know they're a six and five teams, so I want to choose my words carefully and, and not sound like an alarmist here. This could be horrific on a football sense for what could happen the next couple of years for this franchise because they have no cap space. They have no first round draft picks for like the next five years or something like that. And they have just cap hit after cap it at positions that are just not giving them production. We can talk about golf. I know quarterback gets the most publicity and he is not playing well right now, but the issues on this team are so much deeper than one quarterback playing subpar that that's what scares me the most looking at this team's future outlook.
1: So two things, one for and one, uh, you know, sort of pushing back on what you said. I think, the one thing for to the infrastructural problems is just the roster. When you have Goff, Ramsey, Donald, and Gurley all on the same roster with the money that they're making, no first round picks, like you said, it's really hard to look towards the future in terms of what you're gonna add. You're really stuck with what you have and you hope, you know, these players don't get hurt and they continue to grow. And you heard you hope that Sean McVay can continue to develop as a young head coach. I think the con though, again, is as this is a quarterback driven league, and I'm not trying to dump on Marcus Mariota here, but the Tennessee Titans are look <laughs> like a completely different offense with Ryan Tannehill playing the playing quarterback. And I think you see when you have a quarterback that can affect the game in a more positive way. I think you can win or at least be competitive in spite of your defense giving up 45 points to Baltimore and 55 yeah. to Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, you you bring up some good points. And I also want to say it's partly you know the attitude. We talk about it with the Bears too with Trubisky right now and some other teams where the Rams, we're not going to win this game the way they play defensively. It doesn't no. matter who you have at quarterback. But they get that attitude like they give up a couple touchdowns early and it's like, well, it's probably over because our offense can't mm-hmm. score. Uh, what I mentioned and I'm not trying to give golf a pass here, but Ryan the line is terrible right now oh horrible and the defense isn't performing either and that you know you the first thing you said was the what I, what I agree with the most they have so much money tied up it's hard to even make just minimal improvements because mm-hmm. how are you going to have the money to bring and improve and, and, and sign players that are even just slightly above average it is so fascinating in this league how the offensive line position which I think you would argue might be the most important thing to a successful team other than the quarterback how quickly it can go from good to bad. I mean the Rams were noted for having their great offense no more than a year ago offensive line and now it's just one of the one of the worst ones of any team that has any plans to go anywhere this year.
1: It is and I don't know what the change was. I don't I don't know if The game plan that Bill Belichick and the Patriots put on the field in the Super Bowl attacking that offensive line, I don't know if that exposed some things. I don't know if Woodworth just got a year older, but this team is totally different when they can't bait you with the play action and they can't push the line of scrimmage forward. They can't dominate the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, and I mean everybody's got to be better. McVeigh obviously has to be better too. Uh, but you know these things are all connected. Golf slightly golf is regressing. Gurley might be banged up. He doesn't have the same explosiveness with the the knee problems. The line's bad. It's not going good for the Rams. I think they pretty much have to win out, or I mean ten and six, and some help might get them in. But not looking good for the Rams in the playoffs this year. I do want to group these two teams together. We'll, we'll get to the, the negative sides uh, of who they beat this week, but. You know, the Niners and Seahawks in that same division, Ryan, keep winning. The Niners mm-hmm. destroy Green Bay. Seattle goes on the road and, and another workmanlike performance in a win. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so fascinating, though, because you wouldn't think that Seattle's the team that's just going to find a way to win. It might be ugly. They'll get the job done. And San Francisco, the explosive team. But these are two of the premier football teams in the league. They're doing it in different ways. And I think there is a legitimate chance now that we could see round two, round three even, of this matchup, of this rivalry. Do you prefer one team or the other, or are you just going to see what happens with these Niners and Seahawks? Because both are looking pretty darn near invincible right now. You know, it's it's really tough to pick. I think Seattle has
1: a higher ceiling just because of the quarterback. Right. But It's I like if you, picked think...
0: if you picked every position one by one, you might give San Francisco everyone but the one that matters.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, and with that being said, I think Seattle's ceiling is higher, but I think San Francisco's floor is a lot higher also. I think they're starting at a more consistent level, just like you said, we mentioned the fronts, both offensive line and defensive line. They're just more consistent there. So I think you can expect more results out of them that – have less variance. But with Seattle, if Russell Wilson gets high, they can beat anybody.
0: If you can't block, if you can't at least hold San Francisco off, you're done. I mean, we, we saw that with Green Bay. They have one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, and he was running for his life and he can actually move a little bit too. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy. He had no options. There's not a single person with a functioning brain that would watch that green Bay game and think it was on Rogers. He had no time, no options. It's frightening what they do. Jimmy G is going to get a lot of, is going to get a lot of uh, criticism when they lose. I think he should get some, probably a a little bit more credit when they win. The thing with him is that he's going to be viewed as the weak link until he actually wins some meaningful games. I get that. I understand that. But I also understand that he probably doesn't have to win the games like Russell Wilson's going to win. I think San Francisco is set up better for success for a deep run in the playoffs. But, yeah, I just can't count out Russ, and and that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to pick against him, given the fact that he's had eight now. No other quarterback's ever done this. Eight straight winning seasons to the end of the week.
1: Wow. I mean, that just speaks to just – how he's progressed as a quarterback because he's gotten better every year as they've had winning seasons also. But uh, just on Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes just because he hasn't had that many starts and he came in and he lit it up. And the injury, Uh, you know. And the injury just derailed things. And I think, you know, we saw him when he threw five picks in a preseason game or five picks in training camp or something, and I think from that point on, it was just, okay, let's pick him apart. And I think Kyle Shanahan has done amazing things to help him with the play design. But I think Jimmy's still got to grow. He hasn't had that many starts. Um, they just now got a number one receiver in Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Kittle's a bad man. But, you know, they, he needs more options. He needs time.
0: He does. I do like Kyle Shanahan's offensive genius around Garoppolo. I like his schemes. If they're all healthy, if he's got that one-two punch at running back, and know Breda's been hurt for a little bit. The Sanders pickup was huge. I think that's somebody else that you could use at your disposal. He's just had those boneheaded throws where you're like, come on, you can't have those in big games. It'll cost you. Uh, mm-hmm. If he can cut those out, if you can rely on their defense – I mean, they lost that they lost that Seattle game. They're only lost. They could have won it. You know, he didn't play great. They missed a field goal that could have won the game. I mean, they're right there. So uh, that's going to be a race to see. I, I can't wait to watch it progress down the stretch, the uh, the rivalry back on in the NFC West. All right, Ryan Souls money, Mitch Effect. I want to give you the floor to talk about the Eagles because oh, yeah. we're getting to that point now where I like Carson Wentz. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good quarterback, and he's a gamer. Uh Obviously, the Eagles are putting to, putting out on the field consistently the last couple of weeks. One of the worst receiving cores I think I've seen at the National Football League level. I'd have to really go back a few years to, to see if there's a worse core out there. But we gotta we got to call it like it is. Wentz did not play well. This was maybe his worst game that I've seen him play as a pro. They lose a game that some would say is pretty winnable if the offense shows up or, or plays a little better against Seattle at home. A game that would have pulled them even in the division race. Ryan, looking at this game, looking at Wentz. I know he can't feel good as an Eagles fan, but but where are we at? What's the psyche right now looking at Philadelphia down the stretch?
1: So, you know, Wentz, not only did he not play well in his last game, he really hasn't played very well at all in a lot of points this season. I think you just compare to, you know, the year where he was in contention to win an M V P before he went down and Team went on to win the Super Bowl without him. Ever since that point, he's just been a different quarterback. He hasn't been the same on third down. The offense hasn't been the same on third downs. And, you know, we can speak to the injuries of, you know, losing to not having really Deshaun Jackson, I think, since week two, Alshon being in and out of the lineup, inconsistent running back play and offensive line play. But the quarterback, you play a guy that much money, you draft him that high. He's supposed to have a positive outcome on the game. You're not supposed to turn the ball over that many times. He threw two interceptions. I think he fumbled the ball twice. He's definitely got some things to work on, you know, from just an overall game and technical standpoint. You know, I'm sure you get sick of me talking about when we text back and forth. But, man, I really think they miss Frank Reich. I mean, we see what Frank Reich has done for Jacoby Brissett. And that offense in Indianapolis, and I think he was huge in that Super Bowl run with the play calling. I think um, he was able to be versatile with Carson Wentz and with Nick Foles. And And I I just don't know if the Eagles have found a really solid play caller yet.
0: Well, I agree with that, but what about also uh, DiFilippo? I mean, they haven't had him for two years, and he could – I mean, he was the quarterback coach. That's true. hear a lot of people in the organization say he got through – it's funny because even Foles, I mean, since separating both of these guys, I mean, it, now everyone wants to look at, you know, did they make the right move? And we can debate that. But both these guys are struggling right now um, mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. Obviously too soon to say, like, he. you know, it, it's not rightable. It, it's not correctable. A lot of it comes on Peterson and getting through to this guy. That's your job as coach to make the tough, you know, to develop these players. But their receiver position, man. It's not doing them any favors, and you know the the fact that the NFC East is just so is just so horrifically bad this year is the only thing keeping the Eagles in the race, but I get it because it's like what what does a division title even mean? Like exactly. what confidence would you have against against the the Seattle San Francisco second place in that division? Even oh, at home. Not at all. Seattle's uh, won there before, and San Francisco would have no problem getting through that line and and wreaking havoc. So
1: a hundred percent, and I would hate to see Jason Peters go out like that because once he sees that line,
0: that that's his
1: last football game he ever played.
0: I mean, yeah, that's,
1: yeah, yeah cause that's he he Nick Bozo will tear him apart. But I just think that, like you said, it's not that I don't want to see the team get into the playoffs, but like you're right, getting into the playoffs is almost a moral victory. It's something that you can say, oh, for the last three or four years, we've had three straight playoff appearances, but it doesn't mean anything when you're at
0: home on the couch the next week. Especially with um, the hype, with the with the expectations.
1: Exactly, year. and I was bullish on the team, you know, to start the season, you know, and I, I'm generally one of the most objective fans, at least that I know, and... I expected a lot more from this team, and definitely been disappointed.
0: Well, the good thing is here, Ryan Solz on the money. Mitch effect that the Cowboys lost for you also, so there is uh, there was an enjoyment factor to the weekend. Although that game was not fun to watch, not fun to look at. Who would have thought Jaguars Titans was the exciting other game in that in that time window? Man. But Patriots win thirteen to nine. And just a quick note on them because we know that they're a solid team. They've done it. Again, you know, what, 10 wins for, I think, 17 seasons under Belichick. I mean, that's just (laughs) absurd. That's just absurd. But, you know, offense isn't isn't rolling. Brady is game managing. I don't know how long that's going to be offensively, what that's going to look like. Obviously, they need to figure out their identity against top teams. But that defense and Stephon Gilmore, man, I mean, that guy's incredible.
1: Yeah, Gilmore was just – he was running some of these routes for – Amari Cooper, just the, how he would mirror him in pattern match was just, it was ridiculous to watch that matchup because he completely eliminated him from the game. And Bill Belichick felt, I guess, so confident in Gilmore to just, because he usually doesn't have his best receiver or his best corner follow around uh, the best receiver. He still sticks to his principles on defense if you watch his team's play, and he really thought that Gilmore could just take Cooper out of the game. And I think that definitely was the story, but this goes back to, once again, I I can have my time to make fun of the Cowboys all day, but I'm being serious when I say this. When you play against the team and you're in New England and they can't manufacture points to score, that's just been... A microcosm of the entire year for them. Mm-hmm. If they had seen any top seven quarterback, because I think Dak has probably been playing like a top ten, you know, maybe well, top I mean, twelve quarterback. Well, but if they see any quarterback that can put yeah. points on the board, yeah, you you need more than thirteen points to win.
0: Dak's funny because he's been playing. Statistically, throughout the year, like a top five quarterback, mm-hmm. but it, it's such a skewed thing because the numbers haven't been there against the top teams. I hear not what teams. you're saying. That was a rainy, muddy game. You know, a muddy game. So I'm not, t- I'm not using it as gospel for the rest of the season. Um, the tripping call was terrible. Uh, but, yeah. but forgive me for not thinking the Cowboys would have just marched down the field and scored. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it was terrible, and it's something that the league has just had a tough time with calling some of these plays. Ryan, what's Jason Garrett doing? I mean, this was maybe this for Cowboys games that I've watched, this is one of the worst coaching performances I've seen. That decision to kick the field goal down down what? 7
1: was about mm-hmm. as
0: dumb of a decision as you can make when Troy Aikman points out on the broadcast, you need a touchdown. You need to get back in the red zone. You haven't been there all day.
1: Well, let me let me play a little countercultural I guess to that. So you're going to need a touchdown regardless, mm-hmm. right? So if you make the field goal, and didn't the Cowboys hold the Patriots to a stop, that next possession? So if you score a touchdown, you win the game at that point. And you're yeah. going to need a touchdown anyway.
0: I just don't like so, them in that decision when you haven't – it's not a high-scoring game. It's the exact opposite. It is. You know the op, the, And then we saw in the very next possession that Cooper couldn't hold on and, and they lose the game.
1: I think Jason Garrett made a lot of coaching bunders, but I think that on the, the field goal to me pales in comparison to the lack of use of Ezekiel Elliott. Because he was popping when he got carries, but they abandoned that, and especially with, the, with these conditions, this weather. I think had he been used more properly That could have been a viable option, and it was a viable option based on the score. And you would have had to make Bill Belichick commit to stopping him, and that may have opened up things for Dak. But they didn't ride what we thought was the best running back coming into the league this season, and that didn't make sense to me either.
0: Have you ever heard Jerry Jones go at his coaches like this before?
1: I mean... (laughs) Probably Jimmy Johnson behind closed I guess, doors. yeah, I
0: guess definitely not Garrett. <laughs> definitely not Garrett, definitely not publicly. No. Um, this is, and look, I get it. This is the no- notion that we get from the people of Dallas and the fans. Jones likes having Garrett around because he doesn't talk back to him, that he just mm-hmm. does what he wants, that he does, does what he, he want. says. Yeah. He's not going to have a job if they blow this division race. Like, that's it. it. It's pretty much out there, I think, at this point.
1: I just... If they win the division, I wonder even how long. If they win the division and go go one and done, he could. I think Jerry Jones could get rid of him. I just we've never heard him say anything like that. To your point, like I don't think he talked about Dave Campo like this. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's um, a, that's a blast from the past.
1: Yeah. So I just man, his job is definitely in danger here, but. Once again, and I'm not trying to project too far because there's a lot of football left to be played, but at this advanced age, is Jerry Jones going to go out and hire another Jason Garrett type? And I'm trying, I'm talking about personality. Or is he going to get a Bill Parcells type? Because even when Wade Phillips was his coach, uh, Wade Phillips had great, you know, we know what his defensive prowess is, but he still did what Jerry wanted to do ultimately. Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, you know, those types of coaches aren't going to acquiesce. So, in Jerry Jones' advanced age, I think it's a fair question to ask because he's done this before. It's just how long he decides to put up with it.
0: It's pretty nuts, man. Uh, this is going to be something to see down the stretch, but he wants the Super Bowl, and uh, the Cowboys, again, being in that bad NFC, don't appear ready to give it to him. Uh, last thing on this week I want to talk about is, of course, the Cleveland Browns win in three straight games. And suddenly some playoff hopes are alive. Now I'll be the first to say that, thank God for this part of the schedule. I'd like oh, to see how they play against a real NFL team. Yeah, you got your turn at the high school team this week. But maybe some confidence is good. And, I, and this Steelers game is just going to be a complete circus on and off the field. I can already feel it coming. They're gonna, there's going to be a lot of just ridiculousness surrounding this game. But getting those wins, Raiders lose that game to the Jets. Maybe open the door a little bit for that second wild card team, Ryan. I mean, somebody has to make the playoffs, and the Browns are going to have a shot. I actually think nine and seven might get in for whoever this AFC team is. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, and I think you know you're you're right. I think nine and seven could definitely get in, and I think like we talked about at the beginning of the year, the Browns are constructed and have the roster. You know, even without Miles Garrett. Uh, at this point in the year with the schedule, to make a run and potentially get in. Uh, 9-7 and could absolutely do it, and I like seeing a combined 29 carries between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, you
0: got to give – look, I've been as hard on Freddie Kitchens as just about anybody, but I'll give him credit. He's figured out a way to work in Hunt and Chubb together, so I'll Mm -hmm. give him that one. Uh, it's, I mean, those three AFC South teams are all going to be in the in the mix for the division and 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 uh, the wild card. with the Titans looking good now, Colts and Texans pulling even there. I just like the fact that the Browns and their skill players, especially Baker, OBJ, uh, Landry, all have their confidence back. That's something mm-hmm. you like to see. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating, man, uh, for sure. Uh, I want nice. to ta- I want to change our attention to the uh, Thanksgiving slate this week in the uh, NFL schedule, getting ready for Week thirteen. Got to have a Lions-Bears game, though, early, unfortunately. Uh, that's not what anybody wants, but it's what we're going to get. Uh, who would have thought I'd be leading into this with poor Lions, not poor Bears? The Bears actually won last week. Still just right in the middle of the road there in the NFL season. Not going to make the playoffs, but trying to win to to stave off uh, a, a better draft pick for the Raiders. The Lions were 2-0-1. They're now 3-7-1. and 1. Uh, <laughs> So, And how about this? I've been dropping stats for you today, Ryan. This is maybe my mm-hmm. favorite. Or the most depressing stat I've uh, of the week of one I've read in a long time, and uh, the, it is this: the Lions have led in 16 straight games, and they've won five of them. The last two wow. years, the Lions have led in 26 of their 28 games with nine victories.
1: Oh my god,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible! It's man. so bad. I don't know why we're laughing at it, but it is just very, very bad that they uh, 26 and 28 games they've been having. They've had a lead in it. They've won nine of them. It's incredible. Yeah, that's- Wow.
1: That's all I can say.
0: Well, that game should be uh, just some filler. Everybody, you know, put it out in the background while you're getting ready for Thanksgiving, you're running there, and just you know, monitor that game. Something exciting could happen. Uh, but Bills-Cowboys, I mean, this is uh, an interesting one because both teams are trying to prove who they are in this game. The Bills play who's in front of you. You are what your record says. This is <laughs> arguably a step up in competition against the Cowboys team that's got to have it
1: yeah and you know, gotta have it as is, is the word here. This is a really interesting game to pick, and just because I say it would be easier to lean more towards Dallas if we hadn't seen Josh Allen really elevate his game in the last couple of weeks yeah if he continue, yeah if he continues to play how he's been playing, I think this could really get interesting because the bill's defense is just so good. Uh, you mentioned early um i think in our preseason talk that you liked the cowboys speed but you didn't like their size on defense and i think that could show up here cuz the bills can run the football
0: yeah uh, i'd be concerned about garrett's long term safety from jerry jones security team if they lose this game so <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where i'm at uh yeah the bills aren't they're not pretty again they're workmanlike they're blue collar in every way but Josh Allen has gotten better, and he's cut out turnovers. We say it time and time again. Cole Beasley could have a big game against his former squad. He's become a big part of the offense. Uh, And, again, props to Frank Gore, third all-time in rushing. Just a tremendous longevity, uh, long career for him. Got to give him props, Miami guy. Absolutely. Uh, And speaking of giving props in the night game, Ryan, can we talk about Michael Thomas and why I think he's a legit MVP candidate? He
1: is balling.
0: 102 catches in, what, how have we played, 11 games? 11 11 games. games. He's got 1,200 yards receiving. I mean, let's call it what it is. They gave him $20 million a year, and he need a raise. I I said this last week. I'm going to repeat it. That's like my favorite sports tweet, uh, uh, athlete tweet in a long time, where someone tweeted out his production has gone up since he signed that big deal, and he replied to it and said that's how good business is supposed to work. <laughs> it's true. Like that's how production yeah. works. You give someone that's a lot of money, works. and they exactly. perform. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that in the NFL. Uh, Saints, Falcons, Falcons. You know, reverting to their free fall after fooling us the last couple of weeks. These games have gotten wacky in the past. I think the Saints are going to win comfortably because they're thinking one seed, and to get that with the Niners on their heels, maybe even Seahawks. I think they're going to have to to hunker down and. You know they got that game out of their uh, they got that game out of their system in the uh, the loss to was that Tampa Bay beat them I think so.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think they're thinking one seed here too. I don't think they can afford to
0: come. Say in, no, actually it was I, I, yeah. I should say the Falcons beat them earlier this year. They uh, did. Yeah, so that was it. Was it wasn't it wasn't the Bucks, but here we go. I think the Saints. You know they, they kind of do that. They get that bad game out of their system and they roll.
1: Mm -hmm. and I think um, they're not going to let a short week let them come in lackadaisical against a division rival who, you know, you still got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley over there, and anything can happen. Lattimore's not playing, so it just sets up to be something weird, as you say, but I like the Saints here.
0: Well, the rest of the weekend, Ryan, uh, what are some other games, Week 13, you're looking forward to? Is it weird that uh – I'm kind of looking forward to Titans-Colts. I never thought I'd say that, but I kind of want to see what the Colts have after that loss to Houston, if Ryan Tannehill's Titans are for real.
1: Yeah, I never thought I'd say that, too, and I mean, I think this game is crucial for both teams. Um, Both teams got something on the line here. Derrick Henry has just been a man Mm -hmm. out here, you know, making a a resurgence for the Alabama running backs with Ingram and Henry and Josh Jacobs, so making Trent Richardson look like a long afterthought. So I think there's no question that the best game on paper is Niners-Ravens. Mm-hmm. And it's 1 o'clock. I'm waiting for it to get flexed, but it, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's the 1 o'clock game. Viking Seahawks is a good Monday night game runner-up. But seeing this um, Niners defensive front try to contain and match up against Lamar Jackson is going to be – ridiculous to watch
0: you can't flex tom brady out of prime time come on you know the rules (laughs) yeah you can't
1: do that that's true they've got
0: a set time he's he's got a set time there yeah uh raiders chiefs too i mean the raiders had that bad loss but the chiefs got to prove they're for real you know they They do they've lost to some teams they should have beaten so that's another one we mentioned brown steelers and please don't lose that game to the dolphins man do not blow that one
1: man listen don't, don't even put that in the universe. We we can't lose to the high school. I've been calling them a high school team all year, and it would look something crazy if they just blew it all in my face.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, Rams-Cardinals, another fun one, too. And uh, the Bengals-Jets, I just want to bring up, the Bengals are bringing back Andy Dalton, so good luck trying to figure out what's going on in Cincinnati as they look for their first win. Uh, wildness. All right. Last note in the NFL. I do want to bring up that today before we started recording, they came out with the Hall of Fame semifinalist for the class of 2020 and some familiar names on there. Uh, no real snubs, just the semifinalists are going to trim it down one more time before they pick the list. And uh, Ryan, what we pointed out was there really isn't that surefire for sure Hall of Famer outside of Troy Polamalu. Uh, He's the headliner, and and no disrespect to him, but not even for headliners, the biggest name we've seen in recent years. Next year, Peyton Manning is in that class with Charles Woodson. This is going to be a fascinating one. A lot of guys are looking at this year saying, this is the year that I could get in, this year that these players could get in. What's your initial thought on, on this list and who you think has the inside track?
1: So, I really think it's an interesting list. Like you said, outside of Troy Palomalu, he's really the only lock. Here. I'm really interested to see how it plays out between the legendary uh, greatest show on turf uh, wide receivers between Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, those old uh, St. Louis Rams. Uh, Interested to see how that plays out. I think Isaac Bruce uh, needs to get in. He's waited his six years as a semifinalist. I think it's time you mentioned your guy, Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. And um, one guy that I missed when I looked over the list the first time was Richard Seymour. So I'd be interested to see he's been a three uh, a semifinalist three times. So I'm curious to see how uh, the hall looks in him. How
0: about Tony Baselli? Another one too. This guy was mm-hmm. uh, was a beast. Uh, it's going to be funny because we're you know we're at a point, Ryan, where. Some of these guys are going to get log jammed if they don't get in this year. Uh, I agree that Bruce is the one I would look at at the receiver. Uh, maybe Edger and James. It's his time after waiting. Uh, we talk safeties. Palma is in. Will they have room for another one? John Lynch is waited. What about Steve, Steve Atwater? Atwater. Yeah. Um, you know Zach Thomas at the linebacker position. Clay Matthews. This is going to be this is going to be fun. I like this year. You know I like these years a little better when when there's not that. That top heaviness and and you know you know guys are going to be stuck on the outside so should be fun I do too and we'll it guy.
1: builds to a year where you know like you said Peyton is coming so it builds to that which is yeah. cool
0: also spoiler alert he's going to get in <laughs> in twenty yeah but uh yeah we'll uh we'll be breaking that down more more when we get to the finals and we're making our final picks there uh, all right Ryan Soul's money Mitch effect before I let you go I want to touch on another another couple of things uh, college football rivalry week this week. I know you're going to set your TV starting. I mean, it actually started today, but we got football every day all the way through Saturday in the college game, uh, not counting Thanksgiving, obviously, and uh, well, even the Egg Bowl set Thursday night with Mississippi, Mississippi State. But this is the best time of year for me, man. Just love watching football. yeah man this
1: is this is great I mean we're not even in the bowl season yet where it's literally a football game on a Tuesday but this is as close as you can get I know you're excited to see Ohio State beat up on Michigan because you know that's what's going to happen yep uh, this weekend so uh, Alabama Auburn you know no Tua but that, that's still always a fun game so like you said rivalry weekend it's going to be really interesting um, to see a lot of these games I don't think uh, any Anything has any danger of upsetting the playoff race because I expect teams to to beat the teams they're supposed to beat this weekend. But it's still fun football nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited for Ohio State-Michigan for a couple of different reasons, some of them monetarily. I'll just, I'll just leave it that. <laughs> okay. uh, But, uh, no, I mean, you got Alabama-Auburn. I would be shocked if Auburn won, obviously, and the 2 injuries. injury is is putting a damper on a lot of things. They're still alive in the playoff picture. Got to love Nick Saban, though, getting out and politicking already, calling Auburn the toughest team they're going to play all year. I wonder why that was. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: That's going to be fun, and and it it is going to come down to as long. Georgia won't blow it against Georgia Tech. LSU should be fine. That game's going to be huge because Georgia wins They're both, in. LSU clinches their spot, I believe, with a win this weekend. So... That game's going to be huge. But I love watching all these games, man. It's just it's a fun time of year. You get the Virginia-Virginia Tech rivalry, Iowa-Nebraska, oklahoma, oklahoma oklahoma State, Minnesota-Wisconsin, game day going to Minnesota for the first time. We were spotting the Big Ten title game on the line, uh, a game which I want to point out Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have never played in. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you so, go. There so, yeah, go. we're already starting early. Uh, but, no, it uh, it's going to be good. Can't wait for that. A lot, uh, lot of big games coming up. Uh, lastly, Ryan, before I let you go, got to get some NBA thoughts on you because uh, there's been a lot. Lakers are 15-2, riding high. Clippers looking good. They're going on the rest plan with Kawhi and Paul George, so the regular season record, you can tell, isn't a big thing with them. Celtics have been good. Bucks have been good. Giannis is a freak. But there's one player that's been, uh, I think that's been catching your eye more than uh, more than the others. And uh, you want to dive into the Luka train right now?
1: Man, Luka Doncic is... I've not seen anything like this from a player this this young. Just he's the way he sees the game is so advanced for his years, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Uh, I can't imagine if he had anywhere near close to LeBron James' athleticism because he he would literally be a freak. And I'm just I'm really interested to see how this team. Gels. They got a lot around him. I think the team is perfectly built for him, especially as Kristaps Porzingis rounds on the farm coming back from that injury. But luca has been refreshing to watch, man.
0: Triple-doubles, insane. And we mentioned he's got that dog in him where he's won his team to victories. This isn't a, a contending team yet, but when they're in close games, he doesn't care. He's just going for it. And he's doing it in spite of Maybe a guy like Porzingis that isn't quite all the way back yet and hasn't played his best basketball. Just fun to see. Fun to see Giannis, again, just continue to get better after winning the MVP. And James Harden going for 40 points a night apparently is now going to be a thing.
1: He's getting to the free throw line, I think, some 13 times a game. It's just ridiculous what he's doing, man. It's And I'm not the hugest fan of just his game in general, but I can't deny these numbers.
0: You can't. Uh, you can't deny the numbers. You can't deny the fact that when Kawhi is out there, he's a freak. I mean, it's like he is a robot. He just makes every shot with the game on the line. The Clippers have been fun. This L.A. versus L.A. thing, uh, reporting from the ground floor here, Ryan. It's fascinating because the Lakers are looking good, but they're they're kind of not. Uh, it's funny. They're not as popular as I thought they'd be in terms of just unwavered crowd support. There's a lot of uh, sneaky Clipper fans out here. And I think the Lakers, even some Laker fans will admit that this might not be the most popular Laker team in recent memory of the good ones. This is, uh, there's a lot of uh, Hollywood-ness to their team. I'll just put it that way.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think it's early too. I, I can't remember now how long you've been in L.A., but I don't know if you've been there when the Lakers are in the playoffs, and I bet the energy in the city is probably different just because they're used to winning. Yeah, so, I mean that's I'm true. I haven't been there since. They are they, are yeah. A regular season team, in general.
0: I, I and that's <laughs> a fair point. I just think part of it is there is, I mean, I'm just stating facts here. A lot of drama with uh, LeBron, mm-hmm. AD, Rich Paul on the offside. The the craziness that's going on in the front office. Would would you believe,
1: though, that right now, I mean, you could make a case that Rob Palica looked like executive of the year
0: if you didn't know any of the summer stuff? Oh, it's so sad, though, because it's like now we're going to – and I agree, but now we've proven that every other sport, all the other four main sports, being a top executive seems a lot harder than in this league to be the executive of the year just figure out a way to give everything away to get Anthony Davis. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, because this is this is just a ta- it's a talent league more than any other. Sport.
0: And it's and it's L.A. Like he wanted to come here anyway. I mean, LeBron wanted to come here anyway. So absolutely, uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, look, even though you know everybody knows that no matter what the regular season record is, it's going to come down to the playoffs. The Clippers are going to be a factor. Houston's a tough out with Harden scoring the points that he has. Some other tough teams are playing well. Also, uh, it's been fun to see. And I just mentioned the Celtics because it's funny what a team does for you, right? Like, I don't want to put it all on Kyrie. But they liked playing with Kemba. Hayward looks like he's healthy, and they're just playing team basketball. So, uh, you know, had to to put that out there as well.
1: I agree. They're definitely playing team basketball. Tatum's really turned into a a nice defender too. Uh, Hayward looks all the way healthy. And I think when everyone's sharing the ball and you see these guys take natural strides as well when you drop Kemba in who, you know, was – just a different personality than Kyrie Irving. That's why we've seen the results.
0: Can we just schedule, I mean, a little far out. My one plea, can we just schedule out a little farther in advance the load management stuff? You know, because I come home from work, I want to watch some basketball, and I don't want to turn on the TV and see that another player sitting. Like, I just I just like to watch top players play.
1: <laughs> I agree 100% with you, and I'm going to um, make, I don't know if I'm going to make this argument, but I just want your reaction to something Zach Lowe said. He said, load management sucks, obviously, but should we put some onus on the NBA to not schedule some of these teams, like especially with Kawhi Leonard on them Mm -hmm. on nationally televised back-to-backs? Can we put that on the NBA, or is that unfair?
0: I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. I wouldn't say I fully agree with it. I think part of the other problem, I mean, the scheduling's gotten better. They take, they took out, I think the three games and four nights and, and they've done a good job with it. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, my thing is also with the, you know, the families that want to go, you know, see Kawhi Leonard in town or LeBron or Anthony Davis and, yeah, you, bought you, tickets. Know, you know, and it's expensive, obviously. Um, I, I don't know I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I think the NBA I mean, and I've heard everything from it goes back to aU basketball where they're just killing these kids and mm-hmm. uh, with how much basketball they're playing and and I don't want to really you know dive into all that at the moment, but I'll just say that in a perfect world, not that I think this would ever happen, it would be tied to money. It'd be like, okay, you want you want the full you want the full forty million dollars or whatever ridiculousness it is play mm-hmm. for you know hit a threshold of games, you know. Um, and reward players for playing all the way. Because we remember the last three years of the Jordan Bulls, he played all 82. He played all 82. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just pointing that out. And I get it. It's their right. The teams want to think uh, strategically. But it's all going to factor in, and it's going to factor into, uh, and I don't want to be ratings guy, but the numbers, I think, are down a little bit. And part of that is, you know, you turn on the TV and they're not playing. I don't want to watch. You know, I don't want to watch Magic Wizards on TNT. Mm -hmm. I agree.
1: And for guys like Kawhi who want to be considered, you know, the best player in the world, it's hard to make that argument if you've missed a quarter of the games already.
0: Sure is, sure is. Well, Ryan, this was a blast. Appreciate you coming on and talking football, basketball, uh, breaking all that down. Uh, Thanks again. And, uh, yeah, I hope you uh, stay warm in Chicago for Thanksgiving.
1: I appreciate you, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours also.
0: Thanks to everybody out there for listening, and thanks again to our guest Ryan Souls for coming on today's show. A reminder that you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Leave a rating review, subscribe there, and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and Twitter. I'm on there, Money Mitch M21. Big, big football weekend coming up. Lots of lots of games. Hope you enjoyed college and the pros. Ohio State like them to cover. Auburn, Alabama will be another good one as well as I mentioned that. There's some there's some big ones. There's some stuff to take a look at. We got the Egg Bowl Thursday night, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Washington, Washington State, and the Apple Cup Friday night as well. Uh, we'll see. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State too. Don't sneak on those Cowboys as well. But there's some good football. Hope everybody out there enjoys it. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. I'll be talking to you next time. And Just remember, always enjoy sports. Enjoy the holiday.